All right, uh, welcome to the Eric J. The Great Podcast Show. Uh, we got a special guest on the show today, uh, music artist Arita O. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Just taking it uh, day by day. So for uh, anybody out there that never uh, heard one of our songs, we're going to start off by playing one of our songs, and then we'll get into our whole story. Sarita O. Been that bitch, still that bitch, fuck it. Get that bag, make a mad, fuck it. Fuck my shit, I get lit, fuck it. Cause I been that bitch, still that bitch, fuck it. Been that bitch, still that bitch, fuck it. Get that bag, make a mad, fuck it. Fuck my shit, I get lit, fuck it. Cause I been that bitch. Look like waiting on you taking care of me Bitch, I'm sick as fuck, I won't wait on you to carry me Ain't having no babies if a nigga ain't marry me My stock's too hot, I can't let a nigga bury me Bitch, I'm too poppin', too lit, too it My name in every combo, ain't none of these niggas hit Ain't none of these steppers hit They ain't even on my list, but I check their sights It's the reader, oh, it's that bitch, still that bitch, fuck it Get that bag, make a mad, fuck it Fuck my shit, I get lit, fuck it Cause I been that bitch all on it, better jump all on it. Better shit, trust I'm most wanted. All on it, better jump all on it. Better shit, trust I'm most wanted. Shop talk, they watching me, honey. Praying on me, a bitch, feel honey. Hey, I like that. Thank you. <laughs> Like when I hear like songs like that, like when people be uh talking their stuff, like I be I be thinking of the dude version of it. <laughs> it's crazy because a lot of people like I want to do it on a remix with you. I'm like I I wouldn't mind that at all. I just gotta find the right person. Yeah, I be thinking uh I be translating the lyrics and like a dude like in mm -hmm. my mind. I be like yeah. So how did you translate that one? <laughs> Well, I'd be like, you'd be like, hey, so you saying you that, you that bitch. I'd be like, hey, I'm that nigga. I'm that, you okay. know what I'm saying? That's why I'd be saying in my head, you know what I'm saying? Like a back and forth. That would be dope. Yeah, because I'd be like, you know, because it'd be kind of, I want to say it's awkward because I'm, I'm got older now. But like, you know, like I don't mind listening to female music now, but it was like, you know, about 15 years Before ago, you listen that was a thing. listen to your favorite. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, now it'd be like, all right, this shit hard. Like, I don't care, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so funny because um, one of my friends used to be like that. And then he's like, he was walking around with it like money making bitch, money making. I was like, you... <laughs> <laughs> he loved that and for some reason he loved Beyonce Flawless he said well, I wake up I'm like really that's your shit huh he's like I don't care I'm good with my masculinity like I like the song it's catchy yeah my favorite so, song by uh, is by Beyonce I like uh, Me, Myself and I and then oh, they, yeah. that's one of my favorite songs absolutely a thousand percent so uh, first off uh, tell the people where you from and uh, how old are you so I'm from Philly. I'm 28. I just turned 28. May 15th was my birthday. Shout out to the Tauruses. It's still tourist season for me. I don't care what the calendar says. I celebrate my birthday until until the end of June. But um, yeah, and I grew up in Philly. Um, so yeah, West Philly. Shout out to West Philly. That's what's up. So for anybody that ain't never been to, uh, well, hold on. Uh, what's the first thing that kind of your mind when when you hear your hometown? <laughs> rappers i'm gonna say that rappers. real i'm gonna say real rappers is what i'm gonna say real rappers yes yeah, a lot of lyricists come from there yeah definitely you're not really respected in philly unless you can like actually rap yeah i can see that yeah we're not like a mumble town <laughs> trying to make it it's trying to trying to force it turn it into one a little bit but it's not really a mumble town it's not even that way for even our singers if you think about it like a, like a lot of the indie soul came from philly like the real singers came from philly too 
like with the real R&B, I would say. Like yeah. that era, like, you know, uh, music and Jill Scott and like, uh, what's the other one, Bilal or something? Like all those kind of people, like Philly people. We're kind of like a real, a real city, so to speak. Like, you know, fluffy, uh, superficial stuff for the most part. For the most part. Absolutely. So uh, for anybody that ain't never been to Philly, just uh, kind of describe, you know, what you had to go through as a child growing up there, some of the obstacles and things you ran into just everyday kid growing up there. It's rough. Um, the Even now, they're trying to, it's a, a section of the city called Kensington, and they're trying to get like the mayor and National Guard and everybody to help with it because there's a big drug problem right there. Like, like. I know America has a drug problem right now, period, with fentanyl and all that kind of stuff. But it seems to be, like, really big in one particular area. Like, they're outside just laying on the ground. Like, kids can't even walk to school because they're, like, they're everywhere, like zombies. Like, it really looks like the apocalypse over there. So, growing up in Philly, um, it's just always been, drugs has been a, a big prevalent thing there. And, you know, with drugs comes violence, comes death comes all of that kind of stuff so I was kept in the house <laughs> I was not allowed anywhere without I have five brothers without one of my brothers so they kind of sheltered me from a lot of it but they can't shelter too much you know pretty young girl always finds a drug dealer boyfriend inevitable almost in the hood always so <laughs> so yeah but yeah that was that was most of my childhood yeah okay uh do you uh do you have a uh, two-parent household no single mother and that's probably why i have the work ethic that i do is because i watched her like work two and three jobs to take care of us like we it's it's funny we didn't struggle but the only reason why we didn't struggle is because she worked so hard so that was the part that we lacked on you know when you're in a hood or in an impoverished situation you can either lack on the money side or you can lack on the parenting side. And it was like, she brought the money in, but she didn't see us as much. So my brother's kind of running the streets, raising themselves, all of that kind of stuff. But, and you know what comes with that? Jail, all of that different kind of stuff, bad stuff. But, um, but yeah, she did it. She, you know, she did it all by herself. And that's probably why I'm such a workhorse because I saw how determined she was and I saw how she wanted better for us. Okay. So what type of activities you was into as a kid? Did you play any sports or anything like that, cheerleading or? It's funny because my entire family has a running joke. They will always say like, I was always on tour in my bedroom. I've always known I wanted to be an artist and I will always just be in my room for hours practicing. Practicing, I, I sing too. Practicing singing, practicing rapping, practicing doing interviews. <laughs> like, I was just, I always knew that this was what I wanted to do. But outside of that, in school, yeah, I did run track. I did hurdles. I did cross country. I've always done drama in any setting that I did. I act too. Um, yeah, that was, that was everything I did in school as far as extracurricular. Yeah. Okay. So uh, did you have anyone close to you as far as friends or family that was involved in the music business when you was growing up or are you the first one to go down that route? No, I'm the first one. I wish I had somebody so they could have told me, so they could have warned me a little bit about what to expect and, you know, the ups and downs of it and all that kind of stuff. But no, I was the first one. And now, you know, since then, I've had some nieces and nephews and they want to get into music, too. And thankfully, I'm able to kind of guide them a, a little better than, you know, me figuring it out on my own when I first started out. But, yeah, it was just me. And actually, um, it started out with me acting because I didn't even know anybody that did music. Because it's like music is such a male-dominated industry. I didn't know any men that were just, oh, I got a studio or, you know... And then it came about, I was rapping for one of my friends and that's how I actually got in the studio when I was like 20, 21. He heard me rapping and he was like, you can rap. Like, do you want to go to the studio? And I'm like, go to the studio and do what? He's like, rap. Like, what you're doing now, but make a song. And I had never thought about rapping before. I always made R&B songs. I was on a girl group and um, we broke up. And then after that, I was just like, you know, I 
I didn't think about actually recording in the studio. But yeah, I was the first. And now I have about five rappers in my team. Okay. So if you had to pick a moment, uh, what would you say led you to doing music? I started writing music when I was like nine years old. And part of that was my coping mechanism for dealing with the trauma of where I grew up. And like I said, I was a one-parent household, but when my dad was there, he was abusive. So that was how I escaped my reality. Like, I started writing music. Okay. So, nine years old. Uh, who were some of your favorite artists growing up, who you grew up listening to? Um. Well, <laughs> I have older brothers, and they love Tupac. They don't love nobody else. So, <laughs> I wasn't even allowed to listen to like it was the you know I wasn't allowed to listen to Jay Z or Biggie until I got until I was grown and out of the house with them. But um, Tupac, Beyonce, they're like my two favorite. They're you know because to me they're the most well rounded. Now I, Drake, Drake is like who I love now. But yeah. Okay. So uh, um. That's um. Where did you get your uh artist name from? That's my name. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, that's that's one thing my dad stuck around for. He named me Sarita. He named me after uh. It's, it's funny. My sister's name is Shadi too. Sarita was a singer, and she was also Stevie Wonder's first wife. So I don't know what he was going through at that time, but he named both of us after singers, Sarita and Shadi. Okay. So. <laughs> hey, everything happened for a reason. It really does. And it's crazy because my rap name used to be Sosa. Um, and then I met my who's my manager now. He's like, that's not sexy. Just use your real name. And I'm like, nobody uses their real name when they rap, but a lot of people like it. And it's so funny because kids like sing. I don't know if you heard my song, Always the Name, but it's like, Sarita. They be like singing it to me. They be like, Rita. Like, oh my God. It's a thing now. People call me that. Like they know me, know me, but it's love. <laughs> absolutely so that that um the previous situation you was describing about a guy who was saying let's go to the studio and make a song was that your first time going to a studio yes that was my first time going to the studio and I actually joined he was in the rap group and I actually joined that rap group it was me and three guys okay and when you first started recording in the studio was it kind of a rough patch at first or was it easy for you to catch on when you started like recording yourself it was easy because I always, I always rapped, I always made music, I always recorded myself. The only thing that was a learning process was learning um, how to stack my vocals, learning what I wanted to sound like, learning times to change my pitch, not to just be monotone. Because when you're just rapping for yourself, you're just like, oh, da 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 da. But then when you start playing for other people, they're like, okay, I'm a little bored. You need to change your voice at this point, or you need to throw some character in there at this point and that's how you kind of learn what you want your sound to be like but it takes you actually hearing yourself first okay. so as far as your process are you more of a writer freestyler or are you a mixture of both i'm a writer and my brother who's a rapper hates it he's like just put on a beat and just da -da -da. i said but i like i'm I, I like to think out my plot i like to I like to think about where I want to switch my my uh tone. I just I just like to think I'm a thinker. He's more of a feeler than me. So he's like, just go off the dome. I'm like, no, I really actually want to sit and write and think about it. And sometimes I write a song, and that's probably why I do too, because well, and a lot of rappers do it this way. They'll go in the studio. I don't like wasting studio time. They'll go in the studio, play the beat start rapping and then be like oh I don't like this I'm gonna wrap this over I don't like this part I'm gonna get this over I don't like to do that I like to have my songs perfected before I go into the studio because I don't want to waste the producer's time the engineer's time or my time studio time is expensive so I'm not going to sit in there and practice in the studio no I could practice the fuck at home sorry I don't know if you're allowed cursing on your show <laughs> well you just play fuck it so you got to anyway <laughs> um so I'm going to practice at home and I'm going to come in the studio when it's right. And then all we are doing in there is like tweaking things. We're not figuring it out from scratch. So, so yeah, I like to, I like to write. And sometimes I, I might even come up with two or three different concepts for the same song before I decide which lane I want to go with it. Okay. So if you had to pick a moment 
when would you say you had the confidence to know that you could take the music seriously and pursue it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say my first performance. When was that? That was when I was 21. That same song that I recorded with him, we performed it maybe a couple of months later. And you know you popping when X is like, I was hearing about you all weekend. Everybody was talking about this show you did. Nah, I don't call my phone now, nigga. Nah, go do what you're doing. I'm good. But it was just like, okay, everybody was receptive. Everybody was like flooding me. Everybody was like, and you know, I never knew until I did it. People were like, I want a picture with you. Though. You're like, y'all serious? Y'all, y'all liked it like that? Okay, this is this is lit. This is what you about to do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because I always say, you know, um, like you can know that you're good at something, but it's different. Like, you know, when uh, when people put that confidence in you, it's almost like, you know, when you're playing sports, like you can know, like, oh, I can make this shot in my mm -hmm. state. But when people start telling you, you be like, oh, no, nah, bro, like, I think you could do this, you know, or stuff like that. That's like a totally different thing. It's way different. And it's like, you can have all the confidence in the world, but we all still want that, that little bit of affirmation from other people. Like people try to get arrogant and say they don't, I don't care what nobody think. I make music for me. Oh, uh, whatever. You make music for other people to like it. And it feels good when they tell you that they like it. And when they show you that they like it. One time after a show, a little girl came up to me, was crying, wanted to hug me. It was just like, oh my God, like, it's like I love you. I'm like I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a different, it's a different feeling. Yeah. So as far as your situation right now, you're still independent, right? Yes, I am. You know, would you sign to a major if it makes sense? Definitely, if it makes sense, because regardless of what anybody says, you need that push from that major platform. Now you can get that push and run with it and do like say they sign you to a three album deal do your three album deal get your name all the way out there get your money right and all that and then go independent but to act like you can do it all straight from the muscle by yourself and get to it depends on what level of success you want to get to and i tell people that all the time there are different levels of success in this industry there are rappers who have a core fan base and they're selling merch and they're selling music and they make a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year, and you and I don't know their names. Only the people in our hometown or a certain region know their names, and they're comfortable. That's six, two hundred thousand dollars is a nice income for a lot of people, especially to live off doing what you love to do. You're not punching nobody's clock. You're not working a nine to five. That's a good income for a lot of people. But then, if you want that major mainstream success, you want to be on everybody's tv and networks and the bts and the viacoms and all that other kind of stuff you it's hard to say i've seen anybody do that independently mm. so you need that push from a major right. you, you can get in and get out you can do your deal and then get out and get your own label and you know once your name is out there because then you already have your family you already they're going to follow you now you know but trying to do it from the beginning by yourself, unless you already have the bread, because it costs about two hundred and fifty thousand to break a new artist. Unless you just have half a, a quarter mil sitting around for you to do everything you need to do yourself, then yeah, you need that push from a major. Absolutely, yeah. Everybody be thinking they go get that uh that young Dolph success, man. I was like, that was rare. yeah, that little TikTok success. That's. I mean, we all want it, don't get me wrong, but that's a shot in the dark. You know, I, I would never tell nobody they can't have it, but I would just say, you know, to constantly work towards getting that that major deal because it's a, a freak accident to just get a TikTok hit and just get that overnight or that YouTube hit overnight where you're just like, everybody just knows who you are overnight and you can negotiate and tell people, oh, kiss my ass, I got... <laughs> 300 million followers on youtube and you're gonna have to make me a better offer offer i can refuse like it's it's hard to get there right so as far as your process now uh versus when you first started uh how often are you going to the studio these days um these days i have 
I have more music than I know what to do with. Because when I first started out with this team, we just recorded nonstop. We recorded for two years nonstop. So I have a lot of music that I still haven't put out yet. I still record because new producers um, approach me all the time, but I just don't uh, record as often as I did in the beginning. In the beginning, I recorded every week. Now I probably record once a month. Okay. So uh, take me back to that time when you first dropped your first project in your city. Just tell me, because uh, that's usually like the Super Bowl for some people, just because, <laughs> you know, when you have somebody that you don't know, that's in your inner circle, listen to your music for the first time and you start getting the good reviews and stuff like that. Take me through that time, how that was. Well, I haven't dropped a project yet. So far it's been singles. But um, the first time that I dropped a single, it was just like everybody was, was treated. That's the thing. People treat you like you made it. It's like, I ain't make it yet. <laughs> uh, but it's still, it's still that amount of love and appreciation and reward. So it feels it feels good, but it's at the at the same time it's like I can't stop pushing. I can't get lax with everybody being like, "Oh, Serena, okay, that's good. We took over this market. Now we gotta go to other markets. Like you're in Kentucky. <laughs> How'd you find me? Well, uh, I go. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like good at this now. So I mean, I've been doing this podcast thing for like three years, but. I started doing my audios, but I ain't started taking it serious until like December of 2021. And then I had got my first big interview in August of last year with uh Derez, Shawty Lowe Jr. Oh nice. E Blue, uh Free Band Test, uh One Shot Deals. And okay. then I just interviewed Free Ray Ricky Ross like two months ago too. Oh nice. But uh, then it just started to take off. And a lot of people just started reaching out to me or I'm constantly on Instagram going through reels. So like if I see like an up and coming artist and I like their music, then I reach out to them. So like I made that same thing with uh, when your situation, I liked your page and stuff. So I had reached out because I was like, uh, I treat like interviews, like how record labels treat sending artists like i'll be like if i interview 200 other coming artists in a year at least one of these dudes gonna blow exactly and they're gonna remember that hey, i was dating one of their first interviews so that ain't gonna do nothing but help me on the back end you know so exactly so i don't ever and they still they look out most people yeah because i don't ever treat nobody like you know i don't interview people that got 200 followers or people that got a hundred thousand i treat them all the same because you never know who's gonna be that next star so you don't never want to treat nobody you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and you have to and people don't realize that like no matter how big you get you always have to be humble you still always have to treat everybody with respect regardless right yeah so as far as um the music scene in philly I know when everybody think of Philly, they think of Gilly or Meek Mill or people mm-hmm. like that. But just describe the music scene in Philly right now. Like, how is it? And uh, as far as local artists, do they collab with each other or do everybody just be doing their own thing? Philly is not brotherly love right now. <laughs> Nobody's really collabing. Everybody is like... um and this might be a lot of cities. Everybody's so busy trying to be the best that they don't want to work with each other. Mm. Everybody's ego is so big. Like, you could be the best and still work with somebody else who's the best. Like, two goats can work together. That shouldn't be, you know, an issue. But right now, the the, the biggest thing with Philly music is starting to be um, that, like, dance sound because of Uzi. And then Beyonce did it on her tour, so it's making it even bigger. But um, so it's it's a mixture of that, and then it's still like the hardcore street rap too. Okay. So as far as uh, I'll start asking an artist this question because you know I be thinking about this all the time. So like, uh, do do you believe rappers is targeted and uh, or just artists in general? And if so, why? Targeted in which way for violence or? um violence it could be violence it could be 
just because how big they are, you get to a certain level, people start throwing accusations or you mm -hmm. you know, you know how certain things go with certain artists. So Yeah. I feel like it's a I feel like artists and celebrities in general, yeah, they're targeted. Um some of the rappers are targeted because they say certain things in their music. You send shots at certain people or certain gangs or lifestyles or, or whatever the case may be. And some of them forget that it's still real life. There are still people who are like, I'm not in the music industry. And you said what about what set about what hood? Like, and you thought that was just going to be cool. Like, ah, uh -uh. you thought you got a pass because it was a song. No. So some of them kind of set themselves up for some of that violence because they're rapping about it. And then some people are just targeted because the money, just, just like any successful person. And I was talking to somebody about this the other day because people would get mad, say you sold out if you leave and you move and everything, but it's no longer safe for you there. Once you reach a certain level of, of success and the money and everything, unfortunately, people don't allow it to be safe for you. Even if it's not violence, even if it's robbing you, even if it's Oh, I'm going to just accidentally bump into her at the market and say she hit me and now I got a case. Like, it's just, and Jay-Z says it all the time. Like, I got to avoid the lawsuits. I got to stay away from y'all. Like, I can't afford it. Mentally, uh, financially, you might be able to, but mentally, who wants to be getting sued every couple of seconds because of who you are? Because somebody is looking for a quick come up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, uh, very conscious of that now just because you know i have uh people talk yeah people was talking to me the other day saying somebody spooked me yesterday when i went out because i had this chick and this dude was walking up to me and it was like what do you do and i was like oh i do this this and this and it was like oh okay well it was like you don't be scared coming out like that or then like that and then i was like i was like well and then they was like, you know what? I ain't never think about it like that. When I told them this, I was like, well, I was like, well, first off, if you think about it, in most rough cities, the people that be getting picked off is people that throw negative energy out. Mm -hmm. People that people that be out here messing people over, whether they be robbing people, killing people, family members, or just got strong street beefs. Now, mm -hmm. now I'm not saying that you're not supposed to be cautious or be aware of your surroundings, but at the same time, like. I don't got that negative energy around me. Like, ain't nobody say I did nothing wrong to him. Exactly. Nothing, you know what I'm saying? I stay in my own lane, so can't nobody really be mad at me. If somebody mad at me, it's most likely because it's on some hating stuff. Like, it ain't just because I did something to him. Exactly. But you have to stay away from them, too. Jealous people, they'll kill you faster than anybody else. That's why I just, like, I don't and a part of it, too, is, like, what kind of crowds you decide to surround yourself with, what kind of places you decide to go. And that's the bad thing about being a rapper. Sometimes we got to go to those little hood places, ratchet places. But when I go to those places, I make sure I have security. I'm not going to those places without security. But for the most part, I don't go to places where I have to. I go places where there are other people who have stuff to lose to. They're either already successful in their own right or they're building a brand or they, you know, so they don't. They don't want guns in the club either. They don't want weed smoke in the club either, because they are they're trying to do something better on the next platform, on the next level for their platform. Yeah, absolutely. So, as far as um, uh, music artists, who uh, who are some artists that you work with so far that people might know, or in uh, who you want to you got on your uh, hit list you want to work in the future. So, so far, I haven't collaborated with too many artists. I've worked with more producers so much, so to speak. Um, one collaboration I do have coming is with Jeremiah. Um, but that's like the biggest artist that I've worked with so far. Outside of that, I have a song by Black Amal. He's one of Drake's producers. So I've been like, I've been more so working with producers more so than, than artists. There aren't really many Philly artists. I only got jeremiah because one of my producers her name is star baby she's in atlanta and she works with him so she you know put that whole thing together but nobody wants to come to philly 
<laughs> you gotta come like the you gotta come like the uh president. You go to Philly, you gotta have eight Tahoe. Yeah, exactly. Everybody <laughs> gotta have an AR getting out the crook. Uh-huh. <laughs> I say the war zone. Good grief. Yeah. For that hey, I mean shoot. My hometown just like that, uh Birmingham, Alabama. They just oh, did yeah. they just did the cities Birmingham more dangerous than Philly. They said Birmingham the third most dangerous city in the US. They wow. said the only, the only cities that's more dangerous than where I'm from was St. Louis and I forgot the other city that was number two, but I was what like, state? you remember what state it was in? The other city? I can't remember. Oh, I, saw, okay. I saw it on the news. I was like, I was like, dang, Isn't I was like, that crazy. I know Philly was in uh they did like a top 15. I can't remember if Philly was up there. No, I think Philly was. And people praise it. They like Philadelphia. That's not fun. I want to be outside and happy without worrying about bullets and cops and all that. I'm good. It's not. Uh-uh. Yeah. Well, like I tell people, like when I was in Birmingham, I'm like, I never seen nobody get shot. It'll be like a, it'll be like a situation where I'd be at a store or something and I leave, and then somebody called me and be like, "Hey, that has, yeah, somebody <laughs> just got shot right there, or whatever." I'm like, "Dang, I was just there an hour ago," or you mm-hmm. know, it'd be stuff like that. Okay. But uh, what's some other things you involved into, like uh, besides music, or that's just your main focus? I'm acting as well. I'm actually shooting a movie right now. Okay. So- yeah, I'm going back and forth. I'm in a studio and then I'm shooting. So that's that's interesting because this is what I wanted. So I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah, I, I uh acted in my first movie last year. It came out in March, this past March. How, how did you like it? The outcome. Yeah, yeah, it was it was I was in like three scenes. I was a security, okay. security guard. I had to break up a couple of fights. It was uh, <laughs> uh um Movie called Dance for Me. It's on B okay. Plus. Okay. I got Jeremy Meeks and Gavin Houston in it. And Gavin Houston oh, nice. played with Tyler Perry and then Jeremy Meeks. He was on that prison break uh okay. show. But yeah, that was fun. I was like, uh, I know a lot of movie directors here, so every time a movie come up, that hit oh, me right. like, hey, you want to be an extra, you know, or whatever. So <laughs> I met a lot of people that way. Well, this movie, I'm the lead. And I'm starring alongside um, Jamal Woodard. He's the guy who played Biggie in The Notorious. Oh, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, so it's fun. How did you like the actual process of filming? It's I like, I like I like it because, like, it's funny because you would be like, I mean, you know, like, people got scripts and stuff, but, like, it almost seemed easy. Like like I was doing it, I was like, I was like, that, you're, playing so something, you're kind of playing yourself, not yourself, but you're playing like security breaking people up. Now, if you had to play like, I don't know, a lawyer, you think it would still be you still uh you think you would still find it easy? Yeah, because I remember as a kid, like I used to always like mimic, like just be going around acting, just doing dumb stuff, like be like, oh, I'm gonna be this person and I like get it down to the T and just be Oh, you were the child that did British accents and stuff. That was you walk around to my hello, mate, and all that was you <laughs> as a child. Uh huh. That was you. <laughs> but I'm like, I mean, I definitely get in some more movie. I mean, it was crazy because uh, they were they had me as a party guard, and then they switched me to a security guard, and then like somebody on the set, I ain't know it was somebody on the set that I knew personally. So when I got oh. there, he was like, "Yo, bro, I told him to make you security guard because I used to do security for a lot of rappers, so okay. I got security for uh, Boosie, Vory." like a couple other uh, big artists. And he told him, he was like, oh man, my homeboy, he used to do this in real life. I was like, you need to do them. I get in there and they looked at me and they said, all right, get him a security t-shirt. You ain't going to party for no more. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> oh, you know what? Did Tim- you have any artists that made it hard for you to do security for them? Uh, Like always running off, always like... Well, I, or the hardest thing is like you know, trying to get them to think like you. Okay. Because I was in the military for eight years. I got uh, med- I got medical. So think you ain't 
trying to assess people that are that have been in the military they're always looking for a threat they're always like looking around their surroundings peeking stuff like so they probably in your situation the artist probably didn't think think things were like that deep or dangerous and you're like on um like this is not you know what i mean something that's for play that kind of situation yeah because i'm like you know i wasn't just a regular soldier in the military i was special operations so I was the one that really got sent out to like big time people. Like, you know, only got sent out on the special missions because you have to try out to be on a team like that. So I know all these different uh, skills as far as like fighting styles on jumped out of planes, all type of stuff. So it's like, I be telling people like, bro, like you need to just like come to grips with like who you are you know what i'm saying I'm like bro you yeah. you was a millionaire bro like you can't just be like all right i'm gonna walk in this store with 300 and some people exactly and then i'm like bro like you only know it's like because i hire some people sometime to come with me and then i'll be like well you know there's only like three or four of us so it's only so much that we're gonna be able to do with all these people around and you know what i'm saying so it just be like the people to get on thinking like that, but that's a lot of things. Uh, I'll be trying to get artists because I don't do security as much now. It just really be like on a favor type of thing if somebody really need me, you know, because I'm in, into this podcast thing now. But like I tell people, I'll be like, bro, like you have to, you can't take your life for granted, bro. Ain't no reset button, you know what I'm saying? So, so you have to really. You have to really put stuff in the. Uh, But yeah, I just try to scratch the artist because you know I've been to um I don't did it all in the military. I was one of them guys that got sent after the high value guys. I went on the regular mission. So mm -hmm. you know, I've been to Afghanistan twice and I don't seen a lot of stuff. So I just be trying to scratch to them, like, you know, you gotta be aware of your surroundings. And mm -hmm. a lot of these dudes become millionaires between 21, 25, and uh get tired of just seeing situations where, you know, a lot of them end up getting killed and they don't realize how big or poor they are to their family. Like, first... Exactly. I, I feel like uh, the, the first time somebody become a millionaire, the first thing they should go do is go set up a will. Mm. That's a scary conversation to have, though. But the thing but is... It, it, but it is, though. But look, look what happened to Takeoff. So this dude net worth was $26 million and his parents fighting over his money right now. That's crazy. I'm like, you know, he's been popping for about 10 years now, so you would think he would have had something. Yeah, by now, he really should have had that in place. But, you know, people just don't don't be thinking about that, be living that fast life, you know, and it's kind of, mm -hmm. especially if you got kids, you're really screwing them over if you ain't got no trust fund or something, you know, in place, mm -hmm. you know, for when you pass away, so not saying you want to pass away early, but once you get notable and get that type of money, you know, you just got to have certain stuff in place because you never know who, that what people thinking, you know, who coming mm -hmm. you or, you know what I'm saying? So that's how I be thinking, you know. No, you're right about that. <laughs> but but uh, for all your um, fans out there, uh, what do you like doing in your spare time when you're not doing music? Uh, when I'm not doing music, I'm mostly with my family. I'm a homebody. I'm a bit of a nerd, so <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and then, like we were already talking about the safety issue, anyway. So I don't tend to go out much unless it's like an actual situation. I'm performing or something like that. Other than that, I don't go out because I try to avoid all of that. Okay. So, uh, 
what are your short and long term goals? Uh, what do you want to accomplish? Everything. <laughs> um, short term, I'm working on my project so they can come out this summer. I'm going to actually release a movie with my project. So I'm working on shooting that as well. Um, sorry. Is it going to be like a little is it gonna be like yeah, it's gonna be like a a, a mini like a streets is watching type ordeal to go with my to go with my um my project and the songs will be on there of course and I will actually be looking for other artists to put their songs on there as well so I could like introduce them to my audience as well too. Long term goals: take over the music industry, be on every single thing you see. You get tired of me, Sarita O everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah. So as far as the project, uh, how many songs you thinking and uh, how many features that you, you think will be on there? It's so crazy because you always argue with people about this, like whether or not people's attention span is long enough for a lot of songs or should you only have like eight songs or just do an EP and all of that. So I'm tussling with that right now. I'm looking at 12 songs. Um I do have an artist from Philly that's going to be on one of the songs for sure. His name is Jay Huff. The song with Jeremiah is going to be on there for sure. And I will welcome any features in between there. And, you know, if there's anybody in your area you think I should have on there, send them my way. I like collab. I love collaborating with artists from other areas more so than Philly. I love collaborating with artists from Philly, but more so other areas because I love how, um, Sometimes somebody in your demographic may not know anything about them. And I just love introducing people to new stuff and like, oh my God, I love this artist from Texas. I love this artist from, you know, Alabama or whatever the case may be. And they can get a little bit of that shine in another part of the country where they may not be as known. Right. Yeah, I always, uh, yeah, it's a lot of dope talent here in uh, Louisville. Louisville's kind of, on the brink now of being like a real music scene since uh Bryson, Jack, and uh ESTG don't uh blew up from here. So, okay. So it's a lot of uh local artists here that got talent that's trying to come behind them. So I'll interview most of them from, from here, but yeah, there's a lot of talent here. Okay. You guys have any big music festivals out there? Uh, not that face though. <laughs> they, like, do, uh, they do like stuff on this thing called the waterfront where they might have up and coming artists, or they have these couple of menus that do something for up and coming artists every week, and they just go there and perform their music, and everybody, all their friends and stuff, go there and support them. I be seeing them there every week. I forgot the okay. name of the spot, but uh, one of these people I interviewed, like they uh, we recording there every week. And they mm. come there and perform every week. All the local up-and-coming artists in the city, it'd be dope. Okay, that's and, nice. But besides that, that's the only thing that I know. If anything, you know, Louisville, you bound to see, drive by some apartment <laughs> complexes and see somebody shooting a music video. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how stuff be going. Uh -huh. yeah, you know, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so as far as uh, 2023, the rest of 2023 and uh, beginning of 2024, if you thought that far, like what else do you have coming besides the uh, project? Besides the project, I have this movie that I'm shooting and I have two more movies lined up after that. So getting in my acting bag for a little minute. <laughs> but um those and I did Houston Summer Jam they invited me back again that's going to be for sure in 2024 they already released the dates for that so that's a good experience whenever I go to Houston and do that I love Houston um and just looking to tour I'm trying to set up a tour right now with different cities so I can get my name out there even more more hard work the independent artists have to do because we don't have a platform right. so we got to get it from the muscle you got to get out there you know it's kind of like a politician you got to be in everybody's faces. You got to campaign for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, you mm. definitely going to have to, uh, I'll be telling everybody, like, no matter where you're from, everybody got to make a rotation through the A at some point. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. 
like I said, one of my producers is um she's there. So we're trying to set up some stuff out there too. Her name is Star Baby. She's um she's there. So it's just that ah Atlanta's scaring me right now with all the stuff they got going on too, but Oh yeah. Yeah. So um how how do you want people to perceive you? <laughs> As an all <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, as a triple threat, yeah. As an all-around artist, as a versatile artist, I don't want to be boxed in. I don't want to just do one genre. Okay. So, uh, give me your Mount Rushmore. Uh, give me your top five uh, most influential people to you. They could be. Family that could be famous artists you look up to, uh, whoever you choose. Uh, um, my mom, my cousin who actually passed away from cancer a couple of years ago. She was like my biggest fan. She was, she was that person that's like, I don't care if it's two people in the audience, I'm gonna be one of them. I don't care if you have a a thirty second set or a twenty minute set. I'm gonna be there. So. She was like my biggest, biggest supporter. So it would be them two, uh, my twin brother, Jay Z, <laughs> and Tupac. That's my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, that's a good five right there. <laughs> so uh, as far as uh, closing remarks, anything else you want to uh, let the people know that you got going on and let people uh, know how to keep up with you on social media and things like that? So you can follow me on all platforms at Love Sarita O. My name is S-Y-R-E-E-T-A. And then I also have my website, oisthename.com. You can sign up for email alerts, um, YouTube alerts. It'll tell you when I'm releasing videos, when I'm releasing content, when I'm releasing music. And um, yeah, it'll keep you updated on when I'm releasing my project, when I'm releasing my movies. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, I like. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I like. Uh, I ain't did too many uh, females, female interviews, and that's not because why I, not? Not because I don't want to. It's just that I run into more men than I do females. Like I only like if I had to put a number on it, I think I only interviewed probably like five female artists. Oh wow! Because Louisville don't got that many. I think I did two from Louisville and the rest of them was from out of state, but mm. yeah, you're the fifth one. Like everybody. Like number five. Yeah, everybody <laughs> else be like just dudes. Like I'll run across dudes more than women, you know. So out there is the music all kind of sounding the same or is everybody like finding their own niche? You got some some dudes, you know, they make the typical street stuff, but it's some people that got their own style here. Like I know uh my guy uh Black Steve. Mm-hmm. I know my got my homeboy uh Black Steve. He got his own style. 86 Night, he's a good artist from here. He got his own style. Uh it's this girl named the real Anabi. Uh she's hard. She's making a lot of noise right now. Mm-hmm. I interviewed her like six months ago. She She's hard. They was they was about to put one of her songs on a movie that I was in, but oh dope. But they uh she came too late, so they already had some in place. But that's how hard the song was. They was debate they're thinking about taking the other song out, but they they ended up. Oh wow. But but yeah yeah I like I like uh, Louisville. You know Louisville got its own. It kind of remind me of home. Like uh, it got a city part. You got a slow part, and then you got country part, but <laughs> like a little, little bit of everything. Like a little backwoods type area. Yeah. Mm. Well, it really pops here around a derby in the summertime. Mm-hmm. The derby just happened a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The most lit time in Kentucky or around homecomings for the colleges. Like Kentucky State and Louisville homecoming, a lot of people be coming up here. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Don't forget, send me a couple artists so yeah. I can hit them so we can work together because I want to collab with some artists from out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. I'm going to send you a couple because uh, 
I know Black Steve, he's one of my favorite ones. He hard. Okay. I ain't never uh heard him on a song with a with a female before, so that'd be different. <laughs> oh yeah, then definitely. Then yeah, he definitely has to do it then. Oh yeah. But yeah, I appreciate you uh coming on the podcast. You know, I shoot randomly, it just depends, you know, people reach out to me whenever, but you know, uh I feel, feel like this on the brink of being real mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. uh uh Spotify told me I'm in the top 30% uh most follow podcasts. Oh, congratulations. That's nice. And I'm in the top 5% most shared because I'm hitting six different countries. And I think okay. mainly that's because I was in the military and I met so many people from different countries. That's the advantage about being a, yeah, you go to uh, Germany and Korea. and all. So uh, what are the six countries that you're in? Um, U.S., Korea, Germany, uh, United Kingdom, Philippines, and uh, Thailand. Okay, nice. Yeah, and a lot of those countries I've been, I lived in Korea for a year. How did you like it? My sister said she hated the food, but she also doesn't eat oh, meat, so food. she said. No, she said I, she was in North Korea. I think she said the food was, like, nasty. Well, no, she, she you just got to know what to eat. Like, like everything, yeah. everything there is down south. Like, if you go to okay. Seoul, Seoul, Seoul is the biggest city in the world. So, like, mm. go to Seoul you bound to find whatever you want. They got the things like similar to hibachi, where okay. you, but you basically cook it yourself and they just switch the skillet. Oh, okay. So it's good. Like it's like a beef, chicken or pork and you just get everything served with rice and mm -hmm. then you got like salad and they got this they alcohol called soju. That's, that should mess you up, boy. I was like, getting ready to say I heard that strong. Strong but, as hell. But you don't, but you don't taste it. It tastes just like juice. Wow. So you can't, but then when it's like that, you can't even limit how torp you get. Because yeah. you can't taste the alcohol content. Yeah, I made the uh, mistake. They said, don't drink it sitting down. So, of course, I drank it sitting down. And my homeboy was like, all right, let's go, bro. We about to go to another spot. I woke, I stood up and feel on my face. Oh my goodness. I was like, damn, bro, I only had one cup of this. I was like, yeah, so I knew my limit after that. <laughs> like I mixed it with some Gatorade and it tasted just uh, like it. Like it was, oh it was good. Goodness. I was just chugging it. I'm like, this junk good. <laughs> yeah, that, it humbled me real fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, Korea was probably the funnest country I've been to. It had to be between there. Philippines and Thailand. I like the Japan too. Japan was dope. Okay. I have to go. I'm scared, not scared, but those flights that are like, how many hours did it take you to get to them? I think Korea was like 20 hours. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I could be on a plane for 20 hours. That's so thing, long. But the thing huh? is, like when I do that, when I go, I just don't sleep two days before. How I, I can't stay up for two days. Well, not well, not two days, but like, like a day. But like even a day. Oh, like, I don't know. Because like, like, usually they you only can leave the country from like an international airport. So like yeah. You either gotta go out of Seattle, North Carolina, Atlanta, Miami, or mm. Dallas, Fort Worth. Like them like be the main ones that go out of country. So like uh, when I went to Korea, I went to through Seattle. So like I ain't sleep that whole day. So like freaking when I got on the plane and I know we had the flights, go they gave us two meals on the plane too. So I was just like, <laughs> I, I, I took like three long naps. We still went there. Oh my goodness. That's the thing for me. I wake up, we still ain't there. We still ain't there. But the thing is, they put you on this big commercial flight, so it's way bigger than a bigger plane. So it was like yeah. three rows by the window, three rows in the middle, and three rows on the other side of the wing. So like, gotcha. you had like plenty of people to talk to the like the past. Okay. So like, I was on there with so many people. It was probably over hundred people on that plane. So like, oh we, wow. So we we y'all was on there having a little party in the air. 
Yeah, we got through it. We was like, uh, they was playing all the classics. Like, uh, we was watching Finding Nemo, then they know playing American <laughs> Gangster, then they was playing all type of movies to get through. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was dope. Yeah, I like mm. the real Philippines just because they got the lowest currency in the world, so you ain't gonna spend no money. Okay. I got a friend, he retired there and he don't want to come back just because everything only, is a fourth. He spends fifteen hundred off his pension. That's yeah. it on everything for his life. He lived like a king. Wow. Yeah. I'm like I was only there for five days. I only spent forty dollars. Forty dollars in five days. Oh my goodness! Like, uh, forty dollars ain't gonna get you through two hours. <laughs> like forty dollars. Mm -hmm. I had like food. I had one of the best hotels. I had a driver. I had VIP in the club. Like I what? A, like they real poor over there. Like twenty dollars. When I put out twenty dollars in a restaurant. Like they was it's like freaking out. <laughs> all these plates and stuff. I was like, bro, like I'm not gonna eat all that. Like, <laughs> but yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I I tell everybody at least to go to one or two different countries just so you'll can see how other people live, and then you'll be more thankful for. When you Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A lot of people ain't got the same rights and stuff that we do. You know, in Korea. Yeah. Every male in Korea got to do two years in the military. It's mandatory. Wow. So as soon as they turn 18, they got to go straight to the military or they can go to college for two years, get their associates, and then they got to come back, go to the military for two years, and then go back and finish college. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. I can't imagine being forced to go to the military. I got to fight for y'all. I don't even like y'all. No. Well, it's on the males. They don't make the females. No, I'm saying, even as I'm saying for males, yeah, I can't imagine. I know, you know, years, years, years ago, men used to be forced to enlist in America, but they stopped that so long. I just, as a person, I can't imagine being forced to go into the army. Yeah. But their population is not as big as ours either. Even though they overpopulated, like uh, Korea's small, like it's only the size of Indiana. Oh, like, really? They got ten times that population. Like mm. they got fifty million people there, so they have to in a small. Had to build up. So everything is on top of everything. Yeah, but it's like a lot of alleys. So like you'll get dropped off on the street, and then you'll just have to walk through the alley to get where you're going. Where mm. you want to go? That's what I liked about Korea. I ain't need no car. You can just walk everywhere. <laughs> you can go to the train for a dollar. No oh goodness! How, no matter how far it was, and it was the best McDonald's I ever had in Korea. I'm done. A lot of people say that our fast food tastes better in other countries because it's organic. There, they use real patties. Like it ain't nothing processed. You can't get mm -hmm. a large over there either. That's why you really yeah, I heard that too. That's why none of them are overweight because they don't have big portions of food. Yeah, KFC was the best over there too because it was a mixture of churches and Popeyes. Really? Because you had honey biscuits at KFC. You still had the wedges. You had the extra crispy chicken, but with the Popeyes spice seasoning. Oh, yeah. nice. So, yeah, that was that was a funny story because uh, my homeboy disappeared on me. And uh, he popped back up with a piece of chicken. I'm like, bro, where you been at? He was like, bro, you got to go get this. Popeyes. KFC. Like, he was in KFC the whole time. I was like, bro, like we just ate an hour ago. Like, I'm a, I'll try it another day. He was like, no, bro, you don't understand. Like, you got to go get you a piece of chicken. Like, I went in there and bought a piece of chicken. I ate it. I ended up getting the whole combo. Like, I was, <laughs> I was like, that. I was like, yeah, this chicken fire. We used to eat there at least <laughs> month, the whole time I was over there. It was like, yeah, we got to hit this this weekend. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show. You know, anytime uh, you want to come on, you know, because I don't just do interviews. You know, I talk about real stuff, too, whether that be relationships, child support, 
That was some of my uh, most popular episodes was police. I people. just bet. <laughs> people on there venting about they ain't shit baby daddies and ain't shit baby moms. <laughs> but no, thank you for having me. I would love to come back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got what you call it coming on Tuesday. Uh, Derez, he coming back on Tuesday, Derez and Sean. Okay, nice. You know, mm-hmm. if I get him to do a podcast theme song for me. Oh, that'll be dope. And uh, yeah, now to Atlanta and shooting a music video. I want to be like Birdman in the background. I want to. Hey. Wanna, <laughs> I want to say nothing. Just, <laughs> just stand there, like. <laughs> just there, like you know who I am. You know why I'm here. I don't have to explain myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Birdman. Birdman be cracking me up when he do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the facial expression every time. Like he been saying, hundred million dollar for about twenty years." I was gonna say <laughs> last couple decades. Yeah, we get it. You calling us poor? We get it. <laughs> well, yeah, um, yeah. This is dropping like uh October unless you want to move it up you just have to let me know because I drop every uh Monday at midnight. Okay. But yeah I got a couple of big episodes coming up that's about to drop now. I know uh Trill C drops tomorrow. Oh nice. Uh, he's uh he's one of NBA Young Boys and Quando Rondo's producer. Mm-hmm. So yeah uh he drops tomorrow. And then I got Younger MH. Check him out. He one of the biggest artists in New York. He's, okay. He's hard. Like a lot of eight labels trying to get him right now. He hard. I got to remember. I should have had a notepad so I could take down names while he was telling me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> young and MH. You know, okay. Young with the N and then MH. Yeah, he got like 20 some thousand followers, but he already verified though. He, he hard. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, NPR Richie Rich too. He's hard too. He's mm. he's in Atlanta. He got like four million followers. He independent though. Mm-hmm. No. Well, yeah. yeah, I hope. I mean, you definitely got the got the uh personality on the song. Though, like you said. Oh, thank like, you. When I, when I first heard it, uh, Megan. Megan Thee Stallion, I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, she's talking some stuff on here. <laughs> I, I, I remember when I first heard Megan, I was like, I, I was in a car and mm-hmm. I was like, I had to stop myself. I was like, dang. I was like, my head bopping. Like, you know, just <laughs> like, go hard. I was like, dang. I was like, dang, bro. I don't need to be like this to some dude's song, you know. <laughs> That's what's up. That's love. <laughs> yeah, I like, uh, when people talk stuff on the songs, you know, they, they give mm-hmm. me give me a little excited, give me a little goosebumps. Yeah, get you in your zone, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, this concludes another uh, episode of Eric J. The Great Podcast. I appreciate everybody that's been supporting the show. Uh, we have 4,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube now. appreciate nice. everybody um, supporting the show. Uh, everybody follow me on Instagram, Eric J. The Great, you know, Facebook, uh, either the Eric J. The Great Podcast or Eric Jones Jr. Uh, my Twitter, Eric J. The Great, Snapchat, uh, Eric J. The Great. And uh, anybody that wants to come on the show, you know how to get in contact with me. Better come on. Eric now. J. The Great. Better come <laughs> on now before you need a, an assistant to get through to him, okay? Talk to him <laughs> now while you can talk to him directly. Now, it's not going to be that way for long. It's going to be like, oh, you have to talk to my agent or my assistant or my booking agent or my manager or my handler. <laughs> tell them tell them now. Yeah, I think it's going to get to that point because I think Freeway uh, Ricky Ross is going to be my biggest interview because a lot of people. Yeah, it's going to it's going to take you to another platform, definitely. Because when I got that interview, I had, I had people reaching out to me when I dropped the video mm-hmm. that I ain't even think will reach out they was like bro how did you get him i've been trying to get him or whatever i was like shoot i mean 
I don't know, just a solid dude. I mean, <laughs> that's what's up, though. That's good. I was like, you know, that's a legendary interview because he was Big Meech before Big Meech. So exactly. I'm, and I'm like, you know, he's up in age now. So I'm like, you know, ain't no telling how long he going to be around. Yeah. I'm like, that interview is going to be more valuable even after he passed away, you know. So a lot mm -hmm. of people got to sit down with him before. So. So, yeah, that's gonna be legendary. Yeah, and he was talking about uh, when Rick Ross stole his name. I ain't even had to ask a question. He brought it up. <laughs> he just time. said it. See, was, giving gold, gold. I was like, I'll be forever. I was like, dang boy, he's still on that. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, have a good rest of your day. You know, I'm out. Thank you. You I'm too. Out. Yeah, I'm about to get into, it's about to be a long night for me. Cause we got, we got a day party going on today. Oh, Lord, here you go. Back at it, ring two. <laughs> Round two. Somebody <laughs> warn everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank you for